Welcome to the Breaking Up with Burnout podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Leader, clinical social worker and burnout coach with 14 years of experience in the mental health field and life experience with burnout. I'd like to say I'm in burnout recovery. This podcast is for you who are ready to reclaim your life, cancel hustle culture, and put your well-being first, and discover a joy-filled life. This is your moment to find support, be encouraged, laugh a little, and take a little nugget of wisdom that leads you out of burnout and into joy. I have chosen to not edit this podcast because I want to remove the barrier between you and I so that we can have an authentic connection. So you might hear me say ums, trip over my words, have awkward pauses, but it is for you to experience the real me and not an edited version so that we can authentically have a connection. Okay, take a deep breath, lean in, and open your heart and your mind to what you may need. Welcome back to the Breaking Up with Burnout podcast. My name is Tiffany Leader, as you guys know, and I am so excited because I have my first guest, and she's one of my favorite people that I met last year. And so, Brittany, just Br- or Brit, Brit, as we like to call you, tell us about you, who you are, and what are you up to in the world? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. My name is Britt or Britt Britt (laughs) and I am a movement therapist. I help people with chronic pain get out of pain so that they can get back to all the activities that they absolutely love to do. That's amazing. I love that because I think part of healing the healing journey of burnout is uh, dealing with pain. I know a lot of women I've talked to have chronic pain or chronic illness that deters them or it deters them from, it gives them discouragement when it comes to um, healing and feeling that burnout. And so, um, yeah, maybe we'll start there. That's one of my questions is that like, what do you feel like uh, is the correlation between chronic pain and burnout? Yeah, I think there's a huge correlation there. I work with like when people come to see me and they're in chronic pain, one of the things that they start to realize is how exhausted they are. Mm. And it's interesting because when they're just in the cycle of their day to day, they feel okay. Like they feel like they're getting stuff done. But then when they start to unwind and I I get them to notice just their body a little bit more, they start to realize how exhausted they are. Mm, yeah, yeah. So that do you feel like they recognize the level of exhaustion when they come in or what is that like? No, I, I think that they don't realize how exhausted they are. And when we kind of go through a process of working together, they start to realize like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm just exhausted. I'm I'm exhausted all of the time. And they often have a hard time allowing themselves to rest. And so that's something that we address is that, you know, part of getting out of chronic pain is listening to your body. And if you've been go, 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 there's a very good chance that you need a lot of rest. And, and if you can just gift yourself that rest, then, you know, you'll be able to build back up to moving at a a faster pace. But that faster pace is going to feel a lot different because you've 
gained new tools to recognize exhaustion for one and two you've taken that time just to deeply rest yeah oh I love that giving yourself the gift of rest and that's something I work with my clients too is that giving themselves permission to take that break because what um I love to get a little nerdy and a little sciencey um, but like what happens with people with chronic pain, like what happens in the body when you do allow yourself to rest? Yeah. So our brain is where kind of what, what signals our body to be in pain or to experience mm-hmm. pain. Right. Mm-hmm. So our brain, if we have chronic pain is constantly stuck almost in this danger mode. Yeah. And so absolutely everything it's constantly searching and searching and searching for danger so when you can actually just give yourself the time to rest that allows your nervous system to come out of a consistent danger mode yeah it's that fight flight or freeze or fun mode that we can get in and like you said we can get stuck in that so also I just want to clarify when we're kind of stuck in that that kind of produces almost that chronic pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of it is that our nervous system is just stuck in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And, and, and then the, the brain sees everything as danger and it will send signals to the body to respond as though there was danger. And, and that, I guess, protective mechanism that it's using in this case is pain. Yeah, yeah, because I know that, and I teach clients this too, is that uh, when we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, or fawn mode, um, it's actually okay. We kind of see it as a negative sometimes. It was designed as that protection. When it becomes a negative or when it becomes harmful for our brains and our bodies is when we get stuck there and we're not able to regulate or we don't take the breaks that we need to do um, in order to rest. Is yeah. There... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And I just got, <laughs> I got excited. No, you're good. Go <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up that aspect of it because you're exactly right. Like we're, we're always taught that we need to regulate our nervous system, but regulation means that we can get into these, um, fight, flight, freeze modes, but we just want to be able to come back out of them. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Cause it's where you have, it's our wire to survival. Um, it's like, if we're going to be eaten by a bear or a tiger, we gotta, we gotta kick in the moan so we can run away. Right. Uh, and when we get stuck in it, it's kind of like trying to tell our brains and our bodies to be like, no, I'm not going to be eaten by the bear or the tiger. Like I am safe. I am safe. So with that, is there, Uh, a practical tip or a takeaway that you can share with our listeners to help them regulate their nervous system or one of the first things you help them in resting? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is awareness. For me, Mm. it's all about noticing that you're actually in a, a fight, flight, freeze or fawn mode, right? Because sometimes we we don't know that we're doing it. And I'll give an example of myself personally, is that when I get stuck in a flight mode, my my thing is that I'll just start cleaning and I'm just moving around the house, cleaning everything. And it might be like 
12 p like 12 p.m and I'm cleaning and I'm just like oh that's interesting and then I just check in with myself I'm like oh, okay I'm in uh flight mode right now and so if you can kind of learn what some of your own um reactions are because we all fight flight freeze and fawn in different ways so if you can kind of gain some clarity on how you do that then you can just notice. And I you don't even need to change the behavior. Like I might continue to clean and just allow myself to be in flight, but with having the awareness that I'm there changes everything. Yes, 100%. That is, yes. Like the awareness of anything, like the consciousness, I was just working on something and I was typing out like when we're conscious of, expectations or when we're conscious of when we're in flight mode or whatever it is when we have this awareness then we're able to do something about it when we don't we're just kind of like what's happening I don't know and that's that kind of fuels that kind of burnout cycle too um I'm glad you mentioned part of your story too because I wanted you to share um, I want to bring people's stories here. That's another part. I want to know what you do, but also I want to bring your story. And do you have a story with burnout and how you're breaking up with burnout? Absolutely. Yeah. My, my journey out of chronic pain was really a burnout journey as well. It was, um, I, I have, I've had chronic pain, um, the majority of my life, as long as I can remember and finally, I like went, I found a way to come out of it. And that was through a mentor that I had and through her work of connecting to my body. And I still remember like the first um, time I ever woke up without pain. Mm. And I it, it felt like something was wrong with me. Like <laughs> I, woke, <laughs> I woke up and I was like, what's wrong? Like that was my first thought, what's wrong? And then I realized I didn't have the pain in my neck and my shoulders that I had lived with for my whole life. And I just started sobbing because I'd never experienced this. And so that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of like, I need to learn everything I can about this mm -hmm. um, for myself. And I was teaching movement. I was a yoga teacher at the time. And so I was teaching movement to other people. And I there was so many people in my world that had chronic pain. Yeah. And what I realized in my journey out of chronic pain that I was completely burnt out. I was mm -hmm. exhausted and I needed deep rest. I needed to learn to listen to myself mm -hmm. uh, and my yeah. body. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel like the, the journey is very, very similar, if not you know, interconnected completely. Yeah, definitely. You know, you talked about um how, and this is kind of goes into what we said before, but I want to go a little bit deeper of how do you listen to your body? Or like, what, what did you do to start um, listening to your body and to its signals? Yeah, this was really interesting for me because it was a uh, movement teacher I was a yoga teacher and fitness instructor and my background had been in dance so I thought I was listening to my body I thought I was mm. connecting to yeah. my body and when I really like actually started to tune in a little bit more I realized that I was ignoring my body and then I was pushing my body past all of 
it's warning signals. And that mm-hmm. had led me to this place of chronic pain. So again, it comes back to this awareness of like just noticing how I was feeling mm-hmm. and then how I was feeling after doing something. So I break this, I'll break this down a little bit more, but I teach this often is say you're going to do um, a, a movement practice or a workout or a yoga class. Just notice how you're feeling before you do that practice. Mm-hmm. And then notice how you feel after you do that practice. And then if you can get even more specific, because a lot of us, we just live up in our heads. So to mm-hmm. come down, come down into our body, we yeah. have to, um, we have to practice even more. So what I'll get people to do and what I did for myself is I would do, I would check in, notice how I was feeling. I would do one single movement. So for example, I would do a squat or a chair pose or one, one specific movement And then I would check in again and notice how I was feeling. So this helped me to really learn what movements nurtured my body and what impact that movement had on my body. Oh, I love that so much. I love what you said, like the impact, like what, what movement is impacting me and what is nurturing me. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to build your skill set of like what movements really do work for you. Because mm-hmm. it's it's so easy to just go into a workout or a movement class or a yoga class and n- completely ignore your body. And I know that sounds so silly, but I see it all the time. Yeah. Well, well, I can attest to this. Sometimes you get up in your head and you're like, Am I doing the pose right? Am I stretching right? Am I going to hurt myself? Like I have had those thoughts and it's like, before you know it, it's like, where am I? And like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you come out of the practice and of course you do feel a little bit better because you just took time for yourself. So of course you do feel better, but you really miss the opportunity to build that relationship with your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is so key in like what we're talking about is like breaking up with burnout and healing from chronic pain is redefining that relationship with your body and and that I mean we can open up a whole can of worms when it comes to that but even just through the awareness like we're talking about is becoming aware of how your body signals you what feels good in your body and um, getting out of your head. I think so often uh, we are overthinkers. I think we've talked about that before together is that we're both tend to be overthinkers or I'm like trying to reframe it these days. I'm like, it's not overthinking. I'm just questioning a lot of things. <laughs> yes, I so relate to that. I so, so relate to that. Yeah. So um, yeah, we do. We cut. I always say for those that um, are listening, I'm like, putting my fingers at my throat and saying like, we cut off our body at our neck and we stay stuck up in our heads and we have no idea what's going on, but um, our body often signals us before we're even conscious of what's going on. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, And it's so true. There's just so much wisdom that happens in our bodies Mm -hmm. and it's it's really because if you think about um 
if you were to put your hand on like a hot burner, you pull that away immediately, right? Like you don't yeah. think about it. Well, that's your, your reptilian brain keeping you safe. It's protecting you. And so your body's always almost like a little bit ahead of where your logical brain is. Mm. Um, so when we can start to, again, it's this word of awareness, it's always going to come up mm. and up and up when we can kind of just tune in a little bit more to what actually is going on in our body, we have so much more um, opportunity to make choices, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I think so too. And, and to decide like, what does feel good? And what doesn't feel good? Like our body, like you said, with the, uh, with the heat, the example with the heat, like our body's going to tell us what that is, we just have to learn the language. Exactly. And that's a big part of what I love to help people do is just to learn the language of their body. And everyone's language is different. Mm -hmm. So if two people have, you know, the same chronic symptoms, whether it's neck pain or shoulder pain or TMJ or whatever it is, I, they, they will unwind their pain patterns in a very different way. What mm -hmm. one person needs and what another person needs is going to be completely different. Oh, that is so interesting to me how all of our bodies, I mean, like, you know that, but you just saying that I'm like, yeah, like all of our bodies respond differently. We may have some similarities, but, um, that unraveling, like you said, and that noticing like one person may be clenching their jaw or there's something in their, another person's in their shoulder um, of where they hold different things. And that's such a good practice that people can start to get into. Like if you want a tangible thing that you can start to practice when you're doing something, whether it's working, sitting at your desk, whatever it is, just notice like what areas of your body are you holding tension in? Just get curious. Like, is it your jaw? And some of them you might already be aware of, and some of them might completely shock you, right? Like I've, I have a client and she, she didn't notice that she was clenching her body tight almost all the time. Mm. And so to have that realization that alone can shift so much of the pain patterns. Um, mm -hmm. And likely if you notice an area that you tend to tense up, you won't be able to necessarily relax it all the time. And that's okay. You just need to notice it, kind of bring some softness to it and then continue on and then notice again. And then eventually you'll build more capacity to, to be relaxed in that area. But you yeah. can't change it if you don't know that it's happening. Exactly. And I like what you said. It's like, it's okay if it clean. Like I think of my jaw, that's where I hold a lot of my tension. And just because we do it one time, it doesn't mean it's fixed, that it's a process. And I think we all don't like the word process or journey because it's like, we have to like build up. We just want it fixed. So um, true. We want it. We want the thing fixed and we want mm -hmm. it now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Something that's interesting too about the body is that typically where kind of where you're clenching or where you have pain isn't actually where the problem is or the area that we need to focus on is. Oh, that's so interesting. Keep going. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so if, for example, your jaw is consistently clenching, 
sometimes just trying to relax your jaw isn't going to be, isn't going to work because we actually need to provide support somewhere else so that the jaw can just relax naturally. Oh my gosh. That is like mind blowing. (laughs) Cause we always think like those places of like, if my shoulder's hurting, I need a massage on my shoulder or something else is Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, let's go down that rabbit hole for a second. Like, is there common places like, so let's take the clenching of the jaw. Is there other places that you know that typically are commonly, um, I guess the pain or the spot is actually somewhere else in the body, but the jaw is like reacting to it, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean, it would be completely different for each person. Um, So it's hard to say specifically, but there is a connection between the jaw and the feet and the jaw and the pelvic floor. So those are some areas that you could explore. Um, Really, it's about making the body feel safe. That word kind of comes up and supported because Mm -hmm. when, when the body feels like there's enough support, then things will just function as they should. Um, And maybe I can clarify that a little bit. It's like, um, if, so, so your pelvis is a really great area to talk about. The pelvis needs a lot of stability Mm -hmm. for the legs to move with ease. Mm -hmm. And if the pelvis isn't, doesn't have that stability, then you might borrow that stability from somewhere else in your body. And so I don't know exactly the area because I'm not talking about one specific person. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But you might borrow um, some stability or something from your low back. So then your low back is working extra hard to do the job of kind of the muscles around the pelvis. So then that low back area gets tired Um because it's doing its job and the job of something else. Mm-hmm. And then this leads to kind of compensation patterns throughout the body. Yeah. I'm like, again, I'm like mind blown because I'm like going back to our talk on awareness. Like if we're aware, like our back is compensating for our pelvis or our jaws compensating for something else, like having that awareness can, like you said, be a game changer when it comes to, um healing the chronic pain or having relief when it comes to burnout um, absolutely it's uh it's such a game changer and I love what you said earlier about it being a process mm-hmm. because it's a process this yeah. Yeah. this is this work is a process there's no quick fix there's yeah. no um there's no one movement to heal your back pain yeah. it's really about learning about your own body, building the awareness, starting to understand how the body does operate and how it works. And if it's actually doing that or where, where you might be compensating or where you might be borrowing movement from one place to another and kind of unraveling that so that you can feel supported in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about this and talking about process, how tell us like how can people work with you so they can have this awareness and be pain-free 
Yeah, absolutely. So I absolutely love one-to-one um, -one coaching. That's kind of my favorite way to work with people. I offer a three-month program um, and we get into all of these kind of juicy things we've been talking yes, about yes. And, and more. Um, and I also have a 12-week healing chronic pain program, and that is a self-study program. That's awesome. I love what you're doing. You guys, like, follow Brett, get in her programs if you're having chronic pain or if that's something that you're feeling when it comes to burnout um, or even in general if you're feeling that. It is very much hand-in-hand -hand coupled with burnout and having somebody like Brett to walk you through that is just another extra support um and healing your own burnout um so with that said this is a question that I'm going to be asking all of my guests which I kind of touched on in the beginning but um how are you now breaking up with burnout oh my gosh I love this question <laughs> I feel like it's an ongoing process for yeah. me of consistently evaluating what's working, what's not working, what's bringing me joy, what's leading me to burnout, and how can I bring more of the joy and more of the ease into my life. Um, and then the other thing is just consistently gifting myself rest. Well, trying to unwind that guilt that comes up from resting mm -hmm. and just really trusting that it is safe and it is good to rest. Yes, it's so good. I love it. I love it so much. Guys, if you want to connect with Britt, uh, all of her information is going to be in the show notes below. And Britt, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly an honor. Yes, it was so fun. Did you not love that episode with Brett? Brett, she is an amazing wealth of knowledge when it comes to healing chronic pain and doing it in a way that's holistically and supports your body. All of her information is going to be in our show notes. If you have any questions, I would love to connect you with her in any way that I can. Also, I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. As you know, email me, DM me on Instagram, or all the socials. Message me on Facebook, chat with me on LinkedIn, <laughs> all the things. I appreciate you being here, as always, and see you next time on the Breaking Up and Burnout podcast.